Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and will make her wilderness like Eden, her deserts like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation. For a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the peoples. I will bring near my deliverance swiftly. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will rule the peoples. The coastlands wait for me, and for my arm they hope. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth below. For the heavens will vanish like smoke, The earth will wear out like a garment, and those who live on it will die like gnats. But my salvation will be forever, and my deliverance will never be ended. We're actually going to talk a little bit about the Isaiah reading. But first, I I just want to take a look at uh, I, I did a little search in the last couple days about some of the headlines that are in the news. And I just went on to a couple different sites with different perspectives to gather kind of what, what, what's considered news. I'm just curious every once in a while, and I like to torture myself and, and do this. So some of the, the stories were about the mass shooting, another mass shooting, hard to keep track. Stories that highlight America's political mess. That was was the actual title, America's political mess. I I couldn't improve on that. Children losing benefits. There were stories about international news that about my interpretation of it is might making right and use of fear. There's stories about court cases dealing with corruption from public figures. There were stories about sexual harassment, stories about dystopian environmental situations. If you're not familiar with dystopian, it's kind of this just death and destruction, end of the world type of outlook on things. Fights over culture wars and music, fights over what can be taught in school, Stories about racism, stories about immigrants being shipped off in a political fight. Whew. Yeah, right. Exhausting. And then that's not, I also then, so you don't have to. 
I did this as a service to you. I looked through the comment section. Don't ever do that. <laughs> and, and the comments, of course, are just loaded with cruelty and anger and fear over and over. It's heavy. It's so heavy to read that. And I think about the brokenness that somebody gets on and then they just spew this because it's, it's, they're so overwhelmed by things. And then they're, you know, I, it's, yeah. Whew. The question that I have is what's considered normal? What's considered normal? Are mass shootings normal? I hope not. It gets reported on a lot and they happen a lot. What about violence? In whatever form we're gonna talk about. Happens an awful lot and it has been for a long, long time. Go all the way back, right? Cain and Abel, it's the story, which means it's been with us as part of the human experience. Corruption, decay, all the dystopian view of the future, pain, suffering. Do I have you down yet? <laughs> Here's the other question. Do we settle for it? It's really hard. Because oftentimes we feel like we're alone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? These, some of these things are way beyond what we're individually capable of dealing with. They're just way beyond. We do not have the power to impact some of these things individually. How do, we, how do we deal with this? This is why I want to talk about Isaiah. The context of Isaiah is that the people are in exile. They have been ripped from their homes. They've been put in chains. They have marched across the desert to a foreign land with a different culture, a different language, different gods, different foods, different everything. Everything has been torn away from them. The temple is gone. Does God even exist? Which was central to how they lived. Is this the new normal? Is what they were dealing with. Is this normal? Do we just settle for it? There is no hope for the future. That's what the people of Israel are dealing with when Isaiah speaks prophetically. These are people who have lost everything. And most of the time when people get conquered in the ancient world, that people ceases to exist as a people. Their God ceases to exist because their God has been defeated. Their culture ceases to exist. Everything is wiped away, and they just get consumed into whoever has conquered them. This is the context that Isaiah is speaking into. The passage 
is ironic in that sense. Because while they're in the wilderness, it says in here, for the Lord will comfort Zion, which is another term for Israel. He will comfort all her waste places. They know about waste places. They feel it. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, the perfect garden, lush, flowing, full of life. They feel like they're in the wilderness. They feel like they are in waste places. And God is proclaiming, I'm not done. Your waste places will be amazing. Your wilderness will be like Eden of all places. That seems kind of unbelievable to grasp. How could a waste place, how could a wilderness be like Eden? God, how is that possible when this is what we're experiencing and we can't even envision what that looks like? God's not asking us if we get it. God is telling through Israel, this is what I'm going to do. Because it's not reliant on whether you get it or not. It's Israel. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. How is that possible, God, when everything has been torn away from us, our purpose to exist is gone? And you're telling us joy? Joy and gladness? Thanksgiving and the voice of song? What do we have to celebrate? God, don't you see what's around us? And God says, yeah, I'm not ignoring that. And the best is yet to come. There is something so much better. So much better. Listen to me, my people. That's probably the most important phrase in this. Listen to me, my people. How do we listen to God? How do we listen? Because this is what God is calling on us to do, to listen. Give heed to me, my nation. And it goes on and provides this hopeful message in this midst of distraught. This is what God does. The way that I like to talk about this is Isaiah 51 here is God saying, I have holy imagination. Holy imagination and creativity. The God who creates something out of nothing and had a vision for what that would be can take this this wasteland, this wilderness, this terrible situation and turn it into Eden. If God can take chaos and bring order to it in creation, God can certainly take distraught and distress and hopelessness and turn it into hope as well. How many times have we seen that? Where have we seen that? It's really easy to get caught up in the negativity of what we see around us. We're inclined as human beings to focus on the negativity, on the, 
on the terribleness, on the destruction, on all the stuff that we talked about. This is why the news reports what, the way it does. But it's harder to take a look and see the hope, the joy, the holy imagination, to, envi to envision what is possible. God is creating what is possible. So what's God up to? That's a question for us. What is God up to? What is Jesus imagining for this congregation? What is Jesus imagining for each one of us? What's the holy imagination that God has for us, which far surpasses anything that we imagine for ourselves, and probably in different ways? Human beings, we have this tendency, oh yeah, we want, we want lots of money or time or whatever. And God's like, eh, none of that's important. I want something so much better for you than that. I want to be in relationship with you and to be in community with you. That's what God desires because God is love. How rich are we when we are in communion with God? How rich are we when... We are in communion with one another, not necessarily always agreeing with everything, but being unified in the love of Christ. What is God envisioning? What is Jesus envisioning for this community of Allison Hill? Sometimes that can be really hard to think about when we, when we look around and we see what we see, right? We see needles or people doing things, or we hear about shootings, or we see a lot of trash around, or whatever. But what is Jesus envisioning for this neighborhood? We already have groups that work on that. Power to the Hill, gather the spirit, that meet in this building, and go out into the community, and have a vision, and share God's love. Maybe not saying that directly, but yeah, there it is, right? What is God up to? What is Jesus envisioning for those suffering or oppressed? Or for those that are caught and trapped and imprisoned in any number of different ways? What is God, what is Jesus envisioning for those in pain, for those who are barely surviving? Amazingness. So I just wonder, what would God's headlines be for holy imagination. Go ahead. A methadone clinic. Wow. That's cool. Yes. Everyone sit down and have a real serious talk about peace and what peace actually is. So it's not just the destruction of your enemy that no longer exists. Yeah. What else? These are great. Well, yeah, go ahead, Lita. Doing the best that you can from where you are. Doing the best you can from where you are. It's always enough. Jesus, the, the, the kingdom of God is about shalom, which is about enoughness. That's a, a sign of the kingdom of God, the reign of God. Any other ones? Yeah. Bigger Bible study or like a praise dancing, 
praise dancing, studying the word. Yeah, these are great. Yes. Seeing, yeah, seeing the image of God in others. Seeing the image of God in others and the value of God in others, yeah. Having enough shelter and food to serve the needs of the community. Yeah, these are wonderful. When, when I was thinking about this in relation to the, to the, early, uh, the early headlines, I had kind of this contrast, you know, instead of a mass shooting, what about a mass celebration of the value of life? Seeing the image of God, valuing the image of God in one another and in the community. Instead of stories that highlight America's political mess, what if we had stories that highlighted wisdom and care that servants presented to others, that they were empowered to serve. What about instead of children losing benefits that the community is cared for? What about instead of international news about might makes right in the use of fear, we have justice and peace, real peace real peace in the land. Instead of court cases about corruption from public figures, we have celebrations of, of how people are served. Instead of sexual harassment, we have people being valued. Instead of dystopian end-of-the-world environmental situations, we have creation care and stewardship and willingness to actually do that. Instead of fights over culture wars and music, we have singing and dancing. Instead of fights over what can be taught in school, we have a celebration of wisdom and knowledge that can move us toward a better future. Instead of racism, we have a lifting up of people. And instead of immigrants being shipped off for a political fight, we have the welcoming of strangers, as Christ calls. And instead of comments that are based in cruelty, anger, and fear, we have people expressing love, mercy, and peace. You all got this. We're not alone. That's the biggest thing. It becomes overwhelming when we think we're alone because it's too much for us to bear individually. Jesus doesn't call us. It's not me and Jesus. It's us. It's the body of Christ. I think that's what Jesus is really talking about in this gospel when he asks, who do people say that I am? And who do you say that I am? Peter boldly says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's not just an individual declaration. Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, is for all people and all of creation to restore relationship between God and all of creation and all of humanity. It's a beautiful thing.
and it's a bold vision. It's crazy by the world standards, but we're called to be crazy and believe what seems to be impossible. That's what God is about, doing the impossible, creating visions that other people think are insane, and yet when we look at what goes on, that's the insanity. This is what we're called to. Bold, holy imagination, catching it from God, from Jesus. We're invited to participate in it. And that's a beautiful thing. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.